Welcome to Ariana Answers. I'm Dr. Ariana Brandolini, a clinical psychologist who lives in New York City. Every week, I answer a life question submitted by a listener like you. In the third season of my podcast, I dive deep into cognitive distortions, also known as negative thought patterns. Our cognitive distortions have a significant impact on our mental health. We have the ability to rewire our brains by getting to the root cause of these negative thinking habits and instead build patterns of thinking that create joy. Each episode will have two parts, one where I break down the distortion and the other where I give you an exercise to help you overcome. Would you like your question answered? Head over to the description of this video to submit. Now, let's jump into this week's episode. Dear Dr. Ariana, I am a creative in my late 30s still trying to claw my way to the top. I've had pockets of success, but nothing that has raked in enough dough for financial freedom or made me the hot commodity in my industry. Every day I wake up thinking, is today the day I grit my teeth and get a nine to five? Everyone around me seems to be thriving while I'm just surviving. The struggle is real. I log into Instagram and TikTok and see teenage influencers becoming millionaires. My friends have all gained traction in their respective fields. They are senior management and VPs at companies, successful entrepreneurs and politicians on the rise, content creators functioning at a high level. They own condos and houses, have luxury vehicles. They're married and have children in private school for Christ's sake. It feels like I'm the only one struggling. It makes me feel like a failure, like I should have taken a different, easier, or rather more conventional path. I feel like I'm unworthy of the friends I have because my accomplishments don't measure up to theirs. I know I should keep my head down and not pay attention to what everyone else is doing, but it's super difficult to do when everyone around me is winning. I think a lot about trying to drown out the noise and focus on myself. I've also thought maybe I could use the noise to propel myself forward, but I don't know where to start. I need a win, like yesterday. Please help. When we engage in unfair social comparisons, we interpret events in terms of standards that are unrealistic. Meaning, you focus primarily on others who do better than you and find yourself inferior by comparison. Like looking at someone in your college class who's the CEO of a very successful tech startup, cough cough, Mark Zuckerberg. Or you compare your everyday relationship to the influencer couple on Instagram taking pictures in Bali. Or you compare your public speaking ability to that motivational speaker or that itinerant preacher. Comparing ourselves to other people is not inherently unfair or biased. All of us can make some accurate social comparisons like I'm taller than him or she's from a different social background than me. Comparison is a natural human tendency that we all do. It can even be helpful. Measuring ourselves against others is a way that we evaluate how we're doing in life. It's also a way for us to get to know ourselves, who we are, what our values are, what our dreams and aspirations are. Comparing ourselves to someone aspirationally can actually motivate us to do great things. And sometimes seeing someone who's not doing as well as us can make us feel pretty okay and give us motivation to keep going and a much needed self-esteem boost sometimes. But chronically comparing ourselves unfavorably with others has been linked to things like increased depression, dissatisfaction, envy, and jealousy. People who are more prone to this cognitive distortion have been shown by researchers to have poor self-esteem and poor mental health. 
If our sense of self-worth and value is determined by how we measure up to other people, it's a very dangerous place to be. Because let's be honest, there will always be someone more attractive, more successful, and less single than you are. Fortunately and unfortunately, comparison is an automatic process in our brain that evolved out of necessity for survival. If you look at the animal kingdom, animals are always checking each other out because their survival depends on it. And their brain chemicals respond with life or death feelings. We have the same brain chemicals and they give you the feeling that your life is threatened when you see someone with quote unquote bigger antlers. When your own antlers are the biggest, you get a nice safe feeling. Your brain is built to reward you with a good feeling when you see a way to promote your survival and warns you with a bad feeling when you see threats to your gene survival. The mammalian brain releases serotonin when it sees that it's dominant. Serotonin gives us a nice, calm, fuzzy, warm sense that we're safe and our needs will be met. When someone else has the edge, your brain can release cortisol, which is the stress chemical that tells an animal that its survival is threatened. Your cortex, which is the thinking logic part of your brain, finds the information your most instinctual and animalistic part of your brain tells it to look for because your brain's main goal is survival. If you're looking for people who are doing better than you to assess threat, your cortex will find them. Your instinctual mind and your hindbrain, which are these animalistic parts of your brain, will torture you with unfair comparisons because these strategies work to guarantee survival in the animal kingdom. So in our more sophisticated and evolved human existence, the problem is when comparison meets insecurity and we start to compare properties within ourselves that we believe define our worth as humans. Like we place a lot of self-worth on being intelligent or successful or useful or attractive and desirable. But if you define your worth and value on how smart you are, the second you meet someone smarter than you, you will feel they are more valuable than you. And you inherently feel less valuable and inferior as a person. This is where unfair comparisons come in. When we feel insecure about something, we become hypervigilant to cues about that insecurity in the environment because number one, we're thinking about it a lot already because it's an insecurity. And number two, to try and feel better about whatever it is that we're struggling with, how attractive we feel, how successful we are at work, our relationship status. The catch 22 is that we often don't compare down, that is compare ourselves to people less fortunate than us. The vast majority of the time we compare up to those who appear to have what we don't. And that's actually why volunteering with those less fortunate than us can actually be very valuable for improving mental health. Comparing our situation to those who have far less jolts us into gratitude for all the wonderful things that we do have. Do you feel like your thoughts are often spiraling and hard to control? Is it hard to stop thinking negatively about your life? I get it. And I've helped many people like you recognize and overcome negative thought patterns, which allowed them to thrive. To help you in this process, I've developed a program called Power Thoughts. This program helps you understand how thoughts physically change your brain and then equips you with the tools to rewire your thinking. 
To find out more, click the link in my podcast description. The problem is, in unfair comparisons, we only compare the desirable traits. We subconsciously aim for a completely unrealistic, often impossible standard. We want the best of everything. I want this person's looks, and this person's money, and this person's car collection, and this person's talent, and this person's girlfriend. I have a wonderful patient with depression who really struggles with unfair comparisons because he's frustrated with where he's at in life. He feels like he's behind in his career compared to others and doesn't make as much money as he quote-unquote needs to to be happy. As a result of these ruminations, he often looks at sports stars and tech startup CEOs and gets more and more angry and depressed at his lot in life. We recently had a conversation about an actor going public with his mental health struggles. And my patient, as he's prone to do, compared his life to his and diminished the actor's experience and talked about his belief that, well, it's better to be depressed with money than without money. I ended up reminding him of Robin Williams as an example, who had incredible wealth and success and talent, yet still struggled with depression that tragically ended his life. You can have all the money in the world, but depression or contentment or joy is an internal state that no external thing can change. You will still feel miserable if you're sitting in a Volvo or in a Lamborghini. Because when we engage with unfair comparisons, no one compares to the package deal. And we are all a package deal. We might be jealous of Robin Williams' fame and talent, but we wouldn't want to deal with his demons, his severe depression, his mental health issues that led to his death or LeBron James's athletic skills, but not the hours and hours of work and sweat and dedication and sacrifice that needed to happen to hone that skill. Unfair comparisons take a golden sliver of someone's existence and makes it all we see and all we want. Unfortunately for us, this cognitive distortion of unfair comparisons has been sent into overdrive the past 100 years with the advancement of technology and globalization. Consumerism has thrived by preying on our insecurities while using this natural human tendency of comparison to sell everything. You're not as pretty as this person unless you use this face cream. You're not a man unless you drink this beer. So advertisers, movies, media, magazines, all of these things give us very specific and narrow frameworks of what constitutes an ideal person, quote unquote, that we cannot fit into. And social media is both an out and a trap. We are given a framework to hide our flaws and show our best self. The danger in it is that we have a quantifiable value system on display with the use of likes. We can now look at two posts and say, this one has a thousand likes and this one has a hundred likes. This post is 10 times more valuable than this one. Where this gets really dangerous is when the posts get confused with the people posting. This person is 10 times more valuable than this one. Studies show that excessive social media use could be detrimental to psychological well-being. Surprise, surprise. Because people tend to compare themselves to others they think are superior and better at what they really care about, whether it's things like fitness or cooking skills or looks. It's not surprising that studies found that frequent social media users reported 
heightened unfair comparisons, which was negatively related to the user's well-being and self-esteem. They also reported more evoked envy and jealousy, increased social tension, causing individuals to brood about various interpersonal concerns. This unfair comparison tendency could also cause a discrepancy between the ideal self presented to others on social media and who we actually believe is our real self offline, which creates a sense of depression, deprivation, and distress, as well as aggravating the user's mental health. Do you find this information helpful? Is there a certain topic you'd like us to cover? Leave us a comment and review about what you'd like to hear. And another study found that the more time users spent on Facebook each week, the more likely they are to think that others are happier and having better lives than they are themselves. Oh Lord, what are we to do with all of this? Do not fret because the answer is actually pretty simple. Know your triggers and practice gratitude. Start noticing situations that cause you to slip into unfair comparisons and therefore make you feel really crappy. As we've been talking about, social media is a big one for most of us. What about other circumstances? TV shows, coworkers, your cousin, your sister's boyfriend. Are there certain people that make you feel inferior? Or you find yourself feeling jealous or envious of their life or their skills or their talents? If you know what those triggers are, you can either avoid them altogether or prepare yourself when you're about to engage with them. Maybe put that person's posts on mute or go to a different Pilates class. I'm also a big proponent of social media fasts and many of my patients protest when I suggest it, but every single one has admitted that it really helps with mental wellness and being free of unfair comparisons. Some have enjoyed it so much they've actually come off social media completely. And maybe that's not for you, but you could try it for a day or limit your use to certain amounts of time per day. And make gratitude a daily practice in your life. Research on the benefits of gratitude are undeniable. It improves physical health, increases empathy and self-esteem and mental strength, on and on it goes. Incorporate five minutes of gratitude into your day. If you can, write it down. That way you can go back and read it and remind yourself of these things when you're feeling particularly sad and dissatisfied and comparing up a lot. A final thought I want to leave you with. Since social comparison is inevitable, see if you can use it in an aspirational way. Find people who are better than you along some dimension and aspire to be like them. That is, don't just compare yourself with them and feel hopeful about getting to their level. That type of optimism is fine, but it's stagnant. What you really need to do is figure out how you're similar to them already. What skills, characteristics, resources, and even shortcomings do you have in common? And how can you leverage those strengths and account for those weaknesses or obstacles in a way that actually lets you succeed as much as they have? Model your approach on their experience and then make it your own. What an excellent way to harness your energies. Start by finding a comfortable seat. Your eyes can either be closed or open with a soft gaze for this exercise. 
Maybe sway back and forth, swell side to side until you find your ideal sitting position. Feel your body settle. Now take a few slow breaths. Let go of any attempt to control or shape the breath. Just let it move in and out naturally. Allow yourself to relax and let go of any tension or stress. Feel a sense of relaxed alertness, grounded yet present. Let's start by noticing. Notice the temperature of the room, the sounds you're hearing right now, the feeling of your clothes on your skin, Notice your current state of mind. How are you feeling right now? See if you can simply notice with no judgments of good or bad. Now, let's shift by taking an inventory of all that you have in your life to be grateful for. Feel gratitude for the people and circumstances that led you to this moment here today. Offer gratitude to your parents or your grandparents, your caregivers, your ancestors. Feel gratitude for the opportunities you've had in life education, ability to travel, or your work experience. Consider the health of your mind and your body. Offer gratitude for the health of your body. Feel grateful for your mind and intellect. Feel your appreciation for the talents and skills that you have. Now consider your gratitude for the people in your life. Offer your gratitude to your immediate family members. Feel gratitude for your extended family. Feel appreciation for your coworkers and friends. Extend gratitude towards the mentors in your, your life who helped you grow into the person that you are today. 
Now consider your gratitude for the earth that we live in, for water, food, and the air that you breathe in every single day. And now simply choose the one thing that you feel most grateful for in this moment. Relax every muscle in your body. Let's go deeper into the experience of gratitude through a short visualization. Begin by bringing to mind someone in your life who you care for deeply. A parent, a spouse, a child, or a close friend. Imagine them in your mind's eye. Recall a moment when you felt a particularly strong sense of connection with this person. This moment can be recent or in the distant past. But allow your mind to go back to this important moment of connection. Remember where you were. Picture the scene, the location, the people, the time of day, anything else that you see. See if you can go back to what you were feeling in that moment. Love, presence, contentment, or true connection. Notice any sensations or emotions that arise in your mind and your body. And see if you can let go of any judgments, good or bad. Try not to analyze. Simply allowing whatever you're feeling to come and go. Focus on one aspect of this moment that you feel particularly grateful for. The person, the setting, your emotional state. And let this experience of gratitude flood your entire mind and body. Just take a few more breaths. Continue to focus on this one quality of gratitude. Let's rewire your brain to the benefits of this practice. So savor this experience of gratitude for just 15 seconds. Let it really sink in. When you're ready, 
Open your eyes fully. Slowly come back into the room. Move any parts of your body that might feel stiff. And as you go throughout the rest of your day, consider expressing your appreciation for the person you chose in this exercise. It could be a text, an email, or simply a mental wish for them. Then notice how this expression of gratitude changes your day. <laughs>